Well, another exciting and rapid advancement was made yesterday. It's just been the week for him so far, and it's it's what it's it's only just started the morning of Thursday. <laughs> tell us, tell us more, honey. Oh, I finally, albeit rapidly, made my own Instagram page. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I, I, I announced it uh, the day before. Yeah. I announced it um, well, yesterday morning, mm-hmm. actually, sorry. The day, the day before yesterday. day before today. I announced it yesterday morning. And I, with what we discussed yesterday, that it's probably time I come out of my shell a little bit. Yeah. And, yep, yesterday we, we went and got the materials that we needed and put it all together. And I now have an Instagram page. Everyone's probably like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's a big deal to me, all right? Yeah. Why is it a big deal to you, honey? Because I've never been one to post on social media. I've always been so self-conscious about posting on social media. Because you don't want to be like, like what? Why? Why? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is that that classic, you know, stupid uh, insecurity. You know, of of posting something out there and then it not being and then it being rejected. Like the stuff that I have post, I've always hidden behind a veneer of like sarcasm and, and irony. Yeah. Um, just because that way it is funny, but it can it still actually conceals the the what's actually a bit more softer and and uh, and more more honey coated in me. Aww, all the smush. Yeah. All the smushy stuff inside you. So to actually to just kind of bite <laughs> the bullet and just completely go beyond beyond that. And actually sharing something that sort of comes or things that come from that sort of space is, yeah. is kind of terrifying, mm. as I'm sure you'd know. Yeah. I still struggle with it. I mean, it is hard. It's like, who am I and how do I want to be portrayed? Sometimes I feel like I'm doing more than I actually am. And then I look back on my Instagram, what I'm actually posting. I'm like, wow, people would have no idea what I'm doing and what I'm about because I don't post it. I think I am just because I'm experiencing it, but I'm actually not sharing it. And then it's like, what? and then there's that fine line between what's actually relevant to share and what's oversharing. Yeah, because if you share, if you you don't want to share too much because it's no. like you don't want to you don't want to live your life on in social media. You don't want to have portray your life no. on social media. There's you things- want to just do the relevant parts. Yeah. But then when oh, you're well, in it, everything feels relevant. Well, that's it. So it's like, where's that line? Well, it depends. I think that's where purpose comes in. It's like, what are you like? So for me, uh, it's my brand. So and then it's my work essentially it's like what kind of i'm about in terms of my work what values do i hold um when it's got to do with my work and what i want to and what i want to share with the world and what i'm supposed to share with the world and you know what i'm learning and what i'm growing into and not too personal but like my experiences because that's you know i mean i i'm not just chosen but i'm it's supposed to be doing this work in personal development and I, I love it. And, you know, that's, that's my purpose to on my Instagram, but yeah, it does take a lot of bloody courage to actually post what you, what you believe. Cause it is the unpopular opinion these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the sentiments that we share in this podcast, I'm sure are very antithetical to the yeah. to common, you know, conception of reality yeah. and how we should be. You know, the idea of self-responsibility, I think, is probably a quite offensive notion to some. Yeah. For whatever reason. 
Everyone's it's, got it's their reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's just kind of what we're about, right? And it's like, how do we continue to sort of move through that sort of anxiety, mm. you know, associated with sharing ourselves yep. and facing, especially because we know as well the the level of of censorship of people of our opinion yeah. of our particular leaning um it has been kind of terrifying to put a little bit of yourself out there and see when others have done it before you what happens to them yeah and it's like you i don't want that to happen to you <laughs> and it's not even like yeah okay like that's natural. that's in perhaps a more political sense but you see also people that you follow in particular because i don't really follow that many people mm. Um, especially not on my new Instagram. I only, <laughs> I've literally whittled it down to like four, like following four <laughs> people. <laughs> but that's good because who you follow, you need to be inspired by. Hmm. So, yeah, so more so for people you follow, you see when they kind of share of themselves. And I think most people, when they start yeah. to actually give of themselves from a place that's not insecure, from a place that's actually very secure, I think that creates a level of intimidation. Yeah. Um, or, you know, um, admiration. Mm-hmm. It's like some people find it admiring. They see it as an honorable quality. And, they, and they, they go, that's awesome. And they follow and listen. But other people find it intimidating, I guess. And then they look at it as something to be denigrated. Yeah. And it's like, that's also something that comes to mind as well. It's like, am I willing to put myself in the firing line here? Like I see a lot of other people getting put in the firing line for whatever reason, for however they show up. And I think, you know, we're always going to get that. We're always going to get someone who doesn't agree and someone who has something to say about you, like us and and anyone. Like it's it's just it's us humans. That's what we do. We have opinions about everything and it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. We're all just trying to figure it out. And what the experience that we're having, we're trying to be in it and then we think that we're doing the, the right thing all the time just because we follow whatever it is that you know we're feeling at that moment and sometimes we say things that we don't mean and we say and we do things that like it it's 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 not it's normal like we're gonna inter- even if we if social media didn't exist you know you think about when you were back in school and i'm saying back in school only because like i didn't we didn't have like phones weren't allowed technology wasn't as you know popular as it was not popular but it wasn't as prevalent common, prevalent um and you know you had you had the playground bully. You know you had those people that always made, like it was hard to kind of. You're always going to have it in a social environment. People are always going to judge and be resentful because you're going to get triggered by things. If you see someone confident, you know, on, on the playground being, you know, pe- some people or kids or me, like when I was looking at others, I thought they would, you know, I was like, oh, look at them. They think they're so special. They think they're so good. But really, they just had confidence, and I was angry because I didn't have that same level of confidence. And it's it's brought. It's it's come into my my older years, my um older years, my uh, my adult you know adult life, and I'm like now I'm changing that and being like the people that I follow like yeah, ten years ago I would have thought that they were so ego driven, and sometimes I still do, but I'm like it's just confidence, it's just they they know themselves, they know who they want to be, and they're striving for that, and they're leading, they're being leaders. Because I think that these people break the mold, right? We've gotten so used to kind of denying ourselves. And it's, it's probably a like a remnant of a more religious society, which is a lot of the time built upon that sort of self-denial because if you don't deny certain basic primal urges, you know, they're kind of seen to be sinful. Yeah. And, and it's like if you deny... So, it's like you have to kind of deny yourself that. And if you can, if you can successfully do that, then you're well on the path to being a virtuous person. Mm. And it's like that's where being a good person, being being a righteous person and this is even in a secular sense you know yeah. if you deny yourself or sacrifice yourself 
to to certain <coughs> ideals, then you get to basically be content in your in your virtue, in your righteousness. And so, as soon as you have people that say, "No, I'm not going. Why am I going to deny myself? Yeah. Why am I going to deny myself these literal instincts, the, these these elements of my human nature? Why am I going to stop that? Try and stop that off." What if I actually embrace them a little bit and allow them to help me? Mm. And then you actually start to move beyond that that lower level kind of vibration yeah. of self-denial and self-sacrifice. Yeah. And you actually start to, it seems to me, you start to actually be able to create your own path. Yeah. And that's a very, I think that's a very intimidating thing for people. Mm-hmm. It's so it seems. So it seems. So it's it intimidating. Seems. It's intimidating for me, especially before we were we were going forward with sort of what we're doing here yeah. and trying to figure ourselves out and move ourselves into a better situation. You know, our situation demands that we sort of embrace those other parts of us that we otherwise would have denied. Yeah. You know, while we were in our comfort and complacency, we were able to deny them because, well, we didn't have a need for them. Yeah. But when you're going out by yourself, when you're trekking out into the desert into the, the the vast unknown. You need to have everything about you. You need all your weapons. You need your claws sharpened, you know. Yeah. You need you need your talons sharpened. You need like your armor. You need everything you've Mind got. Mind clear. You need everything you've got, right? Mm. If you deny yourself these things when you're out in the wilderness, then you're incredibly vulnerable. And you you're like you deny yourself of your own gifts and your the own magic that's within you and what you're actually able able to do and the dreams that you're supposed to fulfill like everyone has different dreams not everyone has the same dreams and yet we still deny ourselves those dreams the other thing i sort of thought about too was the just the general i don't know if it's the basest sentiment but at least a general underlying sentiment that seems to me which is the one that's the most attacked is the the desire for more the want for more it's greedy it's lustful it's indulgent it's gluttonous yeah you know but just the whole i want more of this is wrapped up in so so many different you know packages yeah. of of sinfulness and you you kind of learn to suppress that urge i think it's because we we lose the the meaning of what of what more is like all we get we get told what what greed looks like and we get told what what things are so then we don't really have to think about them anymore we just have this idea and that's the conditioning that comes in we get conditioned into thinking um like having a lot of money is greedy having a lot of stuff is is greedy or wanting more or of wanting it is more greedy. and wanting and, and all of that is just more like it's probably more so now than 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 i've really ever experienced it's like yeah it, well actually no no growing up that's what it was like it was like just be happy with what you've got we've got enough and that's 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 how we live humbly you know shut your mouth you just do what you need to do and that that attitude i think we spoke about this don't anyway. rock the boat and yeah don't rock the boat just all, all of that be careful and you know don't say anything out of line and it's like, well, how do we grow? Like, I'm at the moment, I'm like exploding because there's so much stuff that I had to rep- like repress and suppress. And I, I it's, it's hard now coming out because I'm like, I knew at the time, like, I feel bad for this, this version of me, this young version of me that I was like, 
oh my God, you would just like hold captive of your truth, of your miracles, of your gifts. I mean, but like, you know, I had something to do with it too. I'm not saying, but it's just that, that like uh, collective consciousness, that collective conditioning of how things are supposed to be. You know, when you're in a group and, you know, everyone's just like has enough and is okay with enough and, and telling you that, you know, teaching you the ways of the world and you're saying that it's just, it's, it's only you're only allowed to have enough you can't have more because then that's greedy and then you're like oh okay so then that is written in into my mind and I hold on to that until you know such time as now where I'm like that's complete bullshit and I'm now denying myself of the dreams that I have in my mind that I only hold love and abundance and service Uh, it's it's funny because like I think that the thought just fizzle a little bit (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. I've done a you. <gasps> Have you moved around this morning? Not really. Ah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's it. Mm. Uh, but I, I think a lot of that's part of a this kind of modern egalitarianism. This try this push for like everyone is equal, everyone is equal, everyone is equal. Yeah. And oh that's what I was gonna say. I, I fully understand that there are some a lot of our primal urges are quite aggressive or quite forthcoming with their with their, their drive. Mm. And so, when it comes to actually a civilized society or living in a, in, a, in a harmonious social group, there needs to be some level of suppression of certain urges just, just to, con- to keep the harmony, to keep the group intact. Because mm. especially, you know, when you, when you group together, you're less vulnerable to the, the harshness of the wilderness, right? Yeah. We, we congregate so that we can, I guess, shield and protect each other. And so, in order to maintain the bond between the group, there kind of does need to be a a not a dissolution but just a suppression of some of the urges which otherwise would look to dissolve those bonds so that we can win out mm. i'm so influenced by nature at the moment <laughs> <laughs> so I, I understand that it's not about you can't in all circumstances you know express every single drive it's like there's it's about it's a moderation okay. and i guess it's a discernment that you need to kind of cultivate to yeah. know okay when is this relevant when That's do i it. need this right um, but you look also with society, one of society's main values these days is equality and this egalitarianism, which ultimately it's not one that, that is empowering. It's very disempowering. I don't think it comes from a really genuine place. Uh, it, it comes from a lack. It comes from resentment. It, it's not an, uh, an egalitarianism. It comes from pity Yeah, well. which is like, yeah, that's kind of it, right? It's not coming from a place of power. It's not coming from a place of empowerment, right? Mm-hmm, no. It's this... It's the the people that lack the want everyone else to lack. Yeah, and so bring everyone that's making making like good in the world or like they're more powerful, so just in in air quotes, and it brings everyone down. They bring all everyone that's above them down to that level, and, and then you get that level of like that's the energy. Of yeah, the planet. it's the not about raising, at. right? It's not about, it's not about lifting. Raising. It's about it's about Dropping. pulling down. Yeah. That's to me the direction that this egalitarianism goes in, and I think that obviously. If that's the case, and I think it's this prevailing unconscious sentiment that most people have in terms of society these days, we take it for granted. We take democracy for granted. We take all this stuff for granted and we don't think about it. Mm. We don't actually think about it. We just make the assumptions because it's dangerous. It would be so dangerous in this day and age to say, perhaps there's other ways of, of organizing ourselves. Have we actually figured it all out? Is what we have right now in terms of our institutions and our, and our political organization, is that actually the best way? 
that humanity can thrive under this sort of thing. And it's it's really it's just really interesting. I've found thinking about that mm-hmm. these last this last week or so being this this egalitarianism that underlies society right now or at least the value of it that i feel as though when you try to rise out of them out of the muck kind of thing right when you try to rise up and be better in order to do that you have to stand apart inherently you have to stand apart because you in order to do that like i said you're you're going out into the wilderness and in order to do that, you need to have your wits about you. You need to be protected. You need to guard yourself. Mm. And you need to guard yourself with those passions that you up until that point had suppressed. And so obviously, when you start to embrace a little bit more, a little bit more wholeness of yourself, you inherently are different. You become different in your value, in your outlook, in how you carry yourself. And I think that, that, that alien, it alienates you from everybody else. And maybe rightly so. You know, Maybe, and yeah. and absolutely understandably well, we so. We can't have a whole world of leaders. You know, we can't have a whole world of everyone stepping. Like I'm saying, like, you know, leading in terms of, you know, when you step out, like yeah, there has to be one person that steps out for the for the collective. You know, but I feel like that is actually getting smaller and smaller, and it's becoming to like one centralized point at the moment. But I think like, but- uh, is it? It's funny because, like, we'll, there will always be a leader and a like a follower. There'll always yeah. be those two types of but classes, right? But we need right? them because that's how com- that's how a co- the a community is. But built. our current, our yes, our, our, oh, our current, our, our, the current know. sort of crop. It feels to me as though the current sort of situation of things is that we have the kind of follower type club. I'm not I'm not saying follower in a, in a like a um I'm mocking or I'm not making fun or anything like I'm just no, yeah. yeah yeah it's not this isn't coming from like a place of criticism or anything like that but like the follower class cuz we'd be part we'd be classed as that mm-hmm. at this point right what are we leading we're trying to lead ourselves and that's yeah. the best we can do right um but in terms of societal like we have no societal impact or influence at this point in time hey maybe one day who knows mm. but at this point you know we're just kind of have to go along with the flow but we, we're trying to brave ourselves and trying to overcome ourselves so that we can sort of work into a better position yeah and so that that kind of that class it, it, it's like how can we find unity of ourselves the wholeness of ourselves and promote that amongst everybody so everybody can become their own leaders and it's like can you at least lead your own life Mm. if nothing else if you if you need to be led politically or economically in terms of work and all that sort of stuff sure go you know whatever you know we'll be in we're in that position right and we will be in that position the point isn't the point's not to be a follower of circumstance, I feel mm. like. It's like lead your own circumstance. Yeah. Lead yourself, overcome yourself it's and get so into a position. You're talking about empowerment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where you uh, you can work into taking responsibility for absolutely everything so you can become your own leader. Mm-hmm. So you can you can lead yourself and lead your life. And then that way you, you can better steer yourself in certain directions as opposed to being blown about by the whim of, of your circumstance. Yeah. And how can you transcend your circumstance? And I feel as though the best way you can you can better your situation is by first bettering yourself in that situation, yeah. so that you can actually start to take command of it. Yeah. And I think that to me is is sort of I'd rather find egalitarianism in that sense. I'd rather see everybody being able to take charge of themselves mm. and take responsibility for themselves. Oh, Obviously, sure. that's an ideal. That's that's very that's idealistic. Ideal. That's yeah. not. That's probably not and realistic. We'll let, you know, we're never going to get to an ideal. Because we're humanity. But we need to stand for something, right? Absolutely, yeah. But it's moving toward that way anyway. Like, look how, like, we were saying, you know, a few episodes ago, that this rise of spirituality and the rise of faith and the rise of something, like, 
there's a, there's a reason why we're, we're moving that way is because we're finding something within us, within ourselves, in order to carry us and drive us because something out the world outside of us, we can't trust anymore. It seems as though, like, what, like, because we've got, re- we've got religious sentiments, I feel as though, like in human nature, it's almost inherent in human nature to have some kind of desire to follow an ideal. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's funny how spirituality has become so much more prevalent and it's it's perhaps it's because religious the religious institutions of today have decayed to the point where they no longer actually serve the greater part of humanity they're becoming more of a bane to humanity's existence as opposed to a boon to it Could and so be. out of perhaps that that sort of decaying debris is springing forth a new type of spirituality which is divorced from religious dogma yeah. and is more more focused on individual empowerment well yeah and you, we can see that how that has changed or that has kind of shown sorry uh, has been brought to light over the last two years you know when especially when we we're in lockdown we couldn't go to the churches the churches were closed and then also the churches were asked by the government like well because they're government run these days or it seems so that um you know they you couldn't have i uh, want the one side of the party and you know what i'm talking about um weren't allowed in when and you had it everywhere and then there was this divide of of people and it's like well of course a lot of people would have lost faith and trust in the place and the the people that actually how that was supposed to be there for them which was the house of god you know in the house of where they where they like all of their all of their hope lay, like uh laid laid there like it, it, that place was their their sacred space and then because they no longer had that i'm talking from personal experience because they didn't no longer had that place to go to in order to you know go to pray and to be with like-minded people it created division and they're like okay well i gotta look somewhere else i found my faith came from within i remember we were in lockdown and i was sitting there and i'm like it's all I've got now. And what does that mean? What it's all I've got? It's literally all I've got. It's all within me. It's within me. The power to get through this is within me. You were the already hope, moving towards that though, I feel I like. was, but it, it really solidified itself. It solidified itself right then and there. And it was like I don't know, because it was so clear that the world outside of the house that I was I remember we are Jenkins, I was looking out the windows and I'm like it can't be trusted. Nothing can be trusted. I can't trust anyone. I feel like all the trust has just, like, it's gone because now we have to be re- rebuilding. Like, we're, we're in a chaos moment at the moment and we've got to rebuild. But we're, this is only the beginning of, I can't, like, I couldn't even imagine the devastation that we went through. And now we're living in a society that's traumatized. Our globe, our, we're traumatized. And this is something, it's like, I, knew, I figured that out when um when the first lockdown happened I'm like this is going to create such trauma one of the first things that came to my mind was this is going to create such trauma in us in every single person whether they know it now whether they know it in, in a year whether they know it in 10 years 20 years or even in their next lifetime this this situation right now is going to impact everyone and we need to rebuild at some point in time or begin to already rebuild it you know f- like for forecast that <laughs> that energy and being like, okay, well, what can I do now? And that's the sense that I came to was I need to focus on my faith and get myself strong enough to handle this. I, have, I had no idea what I was preparing for, but there was something in me that was saying, it's within you. It's here. You have everything you need, that kind of sentiment. 
you have everything you need to get through this. You have everything you need and it's that is the faith and connection to the, the higher, the, you know, because we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go anywhere to pray. We couldn't go to the churches to pray. And we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't we couldn't meet up with anyone. It was all it all literally was like everyone is on their own. You couldn't even go see a family member without, you know, having an exemption. And even then it was like nearly impossible to get because you had to kind of ch- have a checklist. And it was it was horrible. I'm like, okay, well shit, like what are we gonna do? And then what we had was social media and that's how we connected. But still we were in yes, we're connected through, you know, the technology and that's wonderful. But we're on our own still. And I felt incredibly like, okay, right. Oh, we, I, I need to do a lot of work on myself and it all comes down to me. And this isn't just from me. This is, we have heard countless stories of people experiencing the same thing of going like, okay, well, all I've got now is my faith. It doesn't matter about stuff anymore. It doesn't matter. Like things don't matter. House doesn't matter. All that stuff actually doesn't matter anymore. I now, I now know exactly what I have that is going to help me. I think we, we were, not only were we stripped of our material things, we were, we were stripped of our certainty as well. Yeah. And I think that's probably why a lot of people turn to faith was mm. because it's how do you anchor yourself in entirely uncertain? This is what we've been grappling with and what we've talked about in the podcast too. How do you anchor yourself in, the, in, in something that is so uncertain? Yeah. When you're floating just through, just through an abyss, kind of, how do you not float into eternity and oblivion, right? It's like you need to tether yourself to something. And I think that's probably where that drive to faith came for a lot of people. I know definitely it's solidified for us in that, you know, when we have no control over what's happening right now, we cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. When you're in it, it, it's an eternity. Yeah. And it's like, how can you find solace in that misery? And that's, I think, where a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of us turn towards the eternal and the, 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 God. Yeah. Well, I, I remember like when we used to do our grocery shopping um, and people would, you could hear, I turned to faith. All I had was God. And it's like, all we've got now is our faith and hope that, you know, we, that that's the only thing that's going to save us is our faith, is our, our divine connection. And even if they didn't understand it right then, and even if we didn't understand it at that moment, there was something in that. And it was, yeah. You find it within yourself, learn it, learn how to live with it and see yourself as an individual, as you are and put forth your power, feel empowered. It empowers me. Faith empowers me. It's the only thing that empowers me. It's a different kind of faith too, I think, to probably what is more so deemed to be a traditional faith. Mm. Like I feel like a Christian faith is sort of the faith that in an eternal afterlife type thing, in an eternal kingdom come. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It's like I'm going to basically act according to religious virtue or to my Christian values in the faith, having faith that that will basically get me into the the king, into Jesus' heaven, right? Into the kingdom to come. Mm. But it's like our faith isn't is not that we don't. It's not our faith isn't in some kind of eternity as such. Space. Our, our faith, yeah, we believe. Oh, for me personally, anyway, my faith is that. I can take charge of myself and I will I will be catered to or I will have what I need in order to realize myself in this world and to actually, for me personally, generate something of a heaven out of my reality. Mm. That's sort of where my faith lies. Yeah. I don't want to necessarily believe 
entire give myself over to some kind of afterlife you know yeah i mean i i, I think that there's something more after death sure yeah. but i don't give myself over to a lot of those notions because i'm here now exactly. you know like i said like i've like i've said t- countless times i believe that your beliefs should fuel your actions mm. and because I, I believe you're you're we're here to act we're here to create yeah we're here to to create through our action mm. and so our beliefs need to basically provide the impetus for our action and so for me that's what my faith does my faith helps me act yeah it doesn't help me to to you know suppress myself it doesn't urge me to suppress myself it urges me to to embrace myself for all of me and all of that i am Mm. and to pay attention to what's happening within me so that i can overcome myself constantly absolutely because that when you when you sort of hit those barriers and you overcome them and you move beyond them and you learn and you grow there is possibly no more satisfying feeling than the overcoming of who you were yesterday oh yeah you know when you when you find your flaws and you're able to work through them and beat them it's like, oh, and then the next one jumps <laughs> so out. And it's like, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. If I did it once, I can do it again. And if I did it again, I can do it again. And I can do it again. I can, like it just keeps going. So my faith. And that's is, what makes us stronger. Yeah. My, my faith um, and the, the God that I, that I speak of is more something along those lines. Mm. You know, I'm here and I exist now. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not existing. I, I might exist then in yeah. some future time, in some future kingdom, maybe. But as for, as for how it is now... You know, I need to, for this lifetime, I mean, I'm existing, I have a lifetime here now mm. and I want to make sure that I actually can live it in the, in a satisfied way and I can contribute meaningfully. And fulfill the purpose of Logan Gray. That, that's right. So, that's <laughs> kind of at, at this point, that's where my faith sort of rests. Yeah. And so, that's, that's what I came to, especially during those, you know, the last two years. Mm. You know, that's, that's the kind of faith that I came to. And you've helped me to solidify my beliefs and values too because I always knew that that was like I was doing self-development for that but I didn't know what I believed and I didn't know what I valued and I did like I had an idea but I wasn't really sure or I didn't it's really hard because I I what you do is you bring me back down to earth because I'm so (laughs) in detached from reality um, detached from reality (laughs) I'm in a fantasy land um, especially when it comes to my my work and money and values, is the second house in your astrology chart is um, is your values and your and money and how you make money and how like all of that, and uh, mine's in Pisces, which is like pretty much living in a fantasy land. I'm like I've always had this you know idea of you know what I want to achieve. I've always had this like idea of this beautiful like Alice in Wonderland type future <laughs> and it, it literally has been like but it's been too much so much so that like when I met you you brought me back down I mean like okay I can have that but let's just bring it to reality what elements of that can I actually achieve what's possible in a human reality not in my imagination not, not to say that your imagination can't create well it's like I'll apply all the rest of this stuff all the magic stuff that doesn't not the magic stuff the fantasy stuff that isn't real that can't be real i'll apply it somewhere else which i do it through my art <laughs> through my art now but it was really hard for me to solidify myself in beliefs and values because what i believed in was magic and fantasy <laughs> and imagination and all of that so it was really hard to kind of create a foundation for myself to navigate to hold so i can navigate myself forward your beliefs were like fairy floss and reality is like a puddle of water sure 
<laughs> Talking about that raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> you're, raccoon. you're the raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Just put that link in there. Yeah, that's <laughs> the second time we mentioned it. I know. It's so good. But it, it, it is. It's like a, I haven't been able to – like I, I have ambition. I've got this drive of achieving this thing, but I actually have – I didn't have on my own I didn't have and I don't have if I'm on my own um what it takes to get I don't have the grounding and the sense of like stability that you give me when it comes to achieving that and now it's funny how like when you've been exploring this and I'm like that's what it means okay and then what's really true for me and then what is God to me and then I can actually like feel them I can't always really explain them but I can feel them and I know what I'm moving toward. I know what I know. Like I, I know what I feel, sorry. Like that knowing, that intuition, my intuition's got me. I, I know my intuition much more and I trust myself more because I know that I, everything that I've wanted and desired, that, you know, so-called fantasy, the reality uh, elements of them have actually, they seem possible now. Because they they really seem fantasy because there doesn't seem to be any connection between their possibility and anything that can come of the current reality. Yeah. So, it's like they just seem, they seem just entirely pl- detached. Like- There's no causal relationship between your desires mm. and the reality that you inhabit. Yeah. And that's why they seem fantastical. But they're... They're, they're not, right? There's kernels of something in, a, in all of them. And as yeah. and I think that's what you've sort of found. When you've yeah. started to actually embrace the reality a little bit more, you've started to uncover how those, what you would have originally called fantasies, how they're yeah. actually very much a, a potential for you. Yeah. And Absolutely. it's it's sort of uncovering itself the it sort of as we as we go further down this sort of track. Yeah. And I'm... Sort of, I'm sort of, sort of. Yeah. Uh, I'm learning more about um, what... Like my, like I need to have that fantasy though. Like that's, that's, it is what I value as well. Like it's in there and that's, that that comes through not so much fantasy as like wonder. It's wonder. It's wonder and it's faith because Pisces is very, um, very spiritual house. So uh, for a spiritual zodiac. So, um, I've got those elements that it's, there's no, it's no surprise that I'm interested in energy healing. There's no surprise that I'm interested in art and creating and, and oracle cards and tarot cards and that kind of side of it and storytelling and finding out and personal development as well because it all kind of ties in and it's 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 all there for me and over the last few days it's just solidified were you gonna bring up Jung? huh were you gonna bring up Jung? no were you oh i was going what were you gonna say sorry i thought you were pointing towards the Jung book no but go i was gonna say it's funny because i a lot of the time um especially because I, I i've listened to people sort of disparage astrology and they've got some good points right especially when you talk about energy the energy is this energy is that it's like what the fuck are you talking about yeah like energy in the sense of you know whatever power the flow of electrons that kind of (laughs) but it's like yeah i don't know it's it's a kind of vague abstract sort of notion that astrologers and sort of tarot and all the sort of esoteric um you know adherence you know abide by yeah but uh you were reading the jung book last night yeah. And um, he was talking about synchronicity, which was That's really right. interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Do you have any kind of, do you feel any kind of confidence with the notion of synchronicity to talk about it? Um, I probably don't, but if you probably got the better words for it. Um, because oh, it, it, was, it was interesting for me because it sort of gave a little bit of a perspective on on perhaps what, what you're referencing when you talk about energy and astrology and, sure. and tarot and that yeah, sort go, of stuff. Go. You explain. Oh, gee, well, to the best of my knowledge, I, I haven't <laughs> put my foot in it here. 
it was something along the lines of there's there was two types of synchronicity, right? Yeah, one. There was two. there was the synchronicity. There was a synchronicity between objective objective facts and, sub- and subjective. And that was one, right? Yep. Uh, objective, like yeah, events right. and things outside, occurrences. And then there was a synchronicity between the subject, subject. and the object, right? Yeah, the yeah per- perception, I think. But there was a notion that there was a subjective force beyond the beyond the um, the objective world. And it's like the objective organizes itself according to some kind of subjective intelligence, right? Yeah. He, Something like that. He said there's, there must be something that is there has to be a consciousness that is like prior like what do you call it a priori or something a priori a priori um because there has to be a a consciousness like an organizing consciousness that's yeah something like i think it's essentially god is what he's talking about it's something that knows exactly what's going on and it's ah It, it, yeah, it was first. There was another. Um, and there was a, so there was an experiment there. that he conducted, right, using yeah. astrology and some people's, astrology, right. Yeah. And so, I guess he he did. He must have done some kind of temperament um, analysis, temperamental analysis before they undertook the test, right? So no. Um, so the first thing he, he he wanted to he was trying to figure out how can I use astrology to right um, oh, to um, to work out like to to experiment synchronicity. Um, and he chose marriage as a as a point because he's like, okay, this is a good thing. It's something that I don't know. He found it. He's like, this is a good example. He just decided it's a good example. And then he because there was three ways that you can find, um, you can learn how people uh, three aspects in the sky. If the moon is conjunct, which means close to or next to, um, conjunct, uh, I think the sun, the moon, and the ascendant. So in those three aspects. Um, marriage happens like there's a something that that's the aspect when you're looking for when you're going to get married or if the potential or if you've already if there's a conjunction between either your moon and sun or the sun and your ascendant or your moon the moon and the sun the moon and the moon and the moon and the ascendant so anyway there's three aspects and so he did it and then i think he got all he was satisfied with it um but he was like i think he noticed that he noticed something like his energy was somehow getting in the way like his perception or something or he somehow manifested. I don't know. Like I can't fully remember. I'm really fucking this up. But then he's like, okay, hang on. I'm going to ask three other people to then choose choose um, uh, married couples or uh, charts with this conjunction. Like conjunctions and like you, you marry up both of the, um, the people. And it's irrelevant. Anyway. What he noticed and what they noticed too was that they chose particular um, uh, people that had the same energy that they were experiencing. Like so one of them, I can't remember which, what order and which um, aspect was which, but one of them was like I actually chose a person or chose a chart that where my energy was actually like I was more I was in alignment with that energy wasn't it something like so for for instance not to be specific because I don't know the specifics but like wasn't it for example a dissatisfied person that chose the chart of someone who was satisfied was it so it was like the they they chose a chart that they resonated with because they unconsciously recognized within it a lack that they had that was fulfilled by the by the chart of somebody else you should have been explaining it was something like that or you continue I'll, I'll shut up go 
it, it was just it was just curious because it, it sort of pointed towards this notion of like we're connected to things and we can actually sort of through our through our where we put our attention and our perception we can actually draw experiences to us or we can be drawn to experiences yeah that's kind of how it ha- how it sort of came to me sure and it was just really it, i didn't mean to go on this whole sort of side tangent i only wanted to bring it up just because you, you were talking about the kind of fantasy and the and the the astrology stuff and i'm like it just sort of came to mind about energies and creating experiences and manifesting realities and that type of thing and i think i just yeah sounded like an idiot okay keep going <laughs> i brought it up i threw it on you so it's, it's my fault no, well no they go on anyway <laughs> i just found it, i just found that that notion that whole notion really quickly. curious <laughs> but it's um it's a really interesting concept anyway the idea of synchronicity because it it it's a force or it's it's something that cannot necessarily be quantified because he tried to empirically or scientifically determine it, right? And was unable to because it's it's not an objective or a, or a material force or thing. It's some kind of attraction or something that exists in, in some dimension or some realm beyond our empirical perception, something like that. And it's that's I just found that really fascinating, and that that to me could provide some kind of a sort of explanation as to what the fuck you're talking about when you're saying energies. Sure. You know the whole the whole thing. It's like our perception and where you put your focus. You also say that's where energy goes, right? Where intention goes, energy flows. That's a, that's a pretty classic one too. Mm-hmm. So it's like energy, not in the sense that the physicists would use it, yeah. but it's energy in the sense of perhaps perception or or where attention would go to. And is it your attention that you're putting upon a certain thing? You're creating a sort of energetic interaction with it, mm-hmm. or is there a certain thing that's happening that's having an energetic interaction with you? And I think that's potentially where we, you start to get towards the basis for a astrology is that the the order of the cosmos at the time of your birth or whatever is having an interaction with you as you're being created Mm -hmm. or as you're being birthed into the world you're having an experience with the world and the world's having an experience with you and you're both shaping each other as you come into existence the the world kind of come like it it helps you it kind of comes to you as you come into the world type thing and it sort of seems like with that that concept of synchronicity that that's sort of where where um, that sort of starts to come into somewhat of a more crystallized type awareness. But again, it's not something that's empirically or scientifically possible to test no, as a hypothesis. So it seemed because he tried and he, he tried do with it. physics. He tried with um, a whole a whole range of things, and he just was like, "It doesn't like it." There has to be an intelligence that's greater that knows something outside of everything. Like it has to have. And then, I don't know who he was. There's like a little cartoon, and one of them's like, "Oh, um, perhaps it's is it is, does God know, like something about the like like throwing the dice or like he knows his game or something?" But then um, it's like, "Yeah." But then Jung said, "He goes, yeah, but does he know the rules? Does he know the rules or something, or is he just rolling or something like that?" And it's like there has to be something that is. I think there has to be something. Like I. I, I- I don't believe that there's nothing there's nothing else. And this is one of the major issues that I have with science scientism, I'll uh, I'll call it, and empiricism is or even materialism too, like it entirely denies or it doesn't affirm the the presence of something beyond our perception. It's like the the world around us only exists as we perceive it. And if you can't if you can't perceive it then you can't have an you can't have an understanding of it or you can't acknowledge it. Um you know, if if, if physical events or material events didn't create an like it, it, it for an for an effect to be to be experienced there needs to be physical purely physical causes for it 
and and also you know science itself like all these every perspective right mine too it all comes with its own inherent bias as well and so just because you don't necessarily come from the if, if yeah just because you come from the perspective that god is ludicrous and that i'm i'm scientific and i'm going to you know put my scientific endeavor towards this ideal because you need to have an intention behind what you're doing so science it's like all the sciences need to have their own intention that they're aiming for they're all inherently biased by that intention yeah. so they're all going to basically see and perceive things that are in line with that particular intention in the grand scheme. Which limits, which limits you. Well, that's it. They're all kind of limited by their own ideal that they're all chasing. And it's the same, it's the same sort of sentiment as, as a religious ideal, except it's applied to a scientific field. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily negate the existence of God. It just ignores the potential for there to be something bigger mm. than simply what the domain of science can entail. Yeah, it's but, like they're steering away from it instead of actually proving. But it's it. like as religion has decayed, it's like science has become to has come to predominate. And maybe science is what has expedited the the, the decay of religion. But it's like people's. It seems like society sentiments, especially these days, has has completely been funneled into science and now we we hold this science up as this kind of religious notion of of the thing that should be followed truth, truth mm. and science are one where once upon a time truth and god were one mm. and it's like we've we've we haven't we haven't it's like science itself has become the new god the new deity that's what it seems like yeah. and it's really dangerous very dangerous and well, look at the society we're living in mm. i wouldn't say it's pleasant I wouldn't say it's safe. I wouldn't say it's like harmonious. I'd say it's quite the opposite. <laughs> it's fascinating, anyway. Like these are all kind of things I, I sort of think about. And I don't, I don't pretend to have a firm grasp on anything. I just, I just sort of notice things and I, I try and sort of piece them together, like anyone does. Mm. And obviously, I come from my own biases, so I'm going to have a certain perspective, and I'm going to piece things together in a certain way that is going to be more conducive to my own satisfaction as opposed to perhaps what is the actual truth of the situation. I'm too small to know what the truth is, as I've said also before. I'm just doing the best I can to try and make sense of my world. And so this is sort of some of the things that I that I sort of notice and I pick up on and how I sort of put it together a little bit. And what you're going to share on your Instagram. Well, yeah, I mean, that's it. And Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is all... When we were going through the conversation, I'm like, this can all be tied back to Instagram, but now we've kind of gone on a bit of a tangent that's a bit hard to segue back into my Instagram. But that's exactly what ultimately, kind of what I sort of came to, and we were talking about this yesterday as well, is that... When you deny yourself, this is just a this is such a hard segue. This is like I don't know if I can find a proper attachment to what we're just talking about. So, if you get a bit disoriented at this sort of transition, that's totally my fault. Um, but yeah, when you deny when you when you deny yourself, when you have that self sacrificing type of principle that guides you, then you kind of you keep yourself small instead of instead of allowing yourself to be what you could be- become, right? Mm. And not only that, but you have a potential that you're you're turning your back on when you deny yourself, right? There's there is potential all around you, but when you you shape that potential, or you can manifest a certain element of that potential based upon where you put your sentiments and what you allow yourself to manifest, and you have a lot greater potential if you embrace you know a lot greater elements of yourself, if you allow more of yourself to sort of come forward, right? And who knows? Who knows what you could actually manifest? Who knows what you could give? You know, even with your work, um, you know, if you we we're talking about, yeah, holding back, having that general fear of actually showing up and being yourself and sharing, right? But it's like you've got things, you've got, you've got experience that you can help people with. Mm. 
you know, got experience that is, is, could be really beneficial for people that you'd hold back from out of, out of fear of, of judgment, yeah. you know, but it's like in what, if you were to deny yourself, you know, the, the ability to step out and be what you could be, you know, and, and satisfy that sort of judgy, insecure element of you and of, of, you know, your people around you, then yeah, maybe you'll placate that and you'll be like, yeah, you're a good person. You're a good person. You know, you were just being greedy before you were just getting a bit too big for your boots before, Mm. you know, but what about the people you could have helped? That's it. You know, you deny yourself in in denying yourself. You're also denying others because you're denying the potential and others are part of that potential. You don't know who you could meet. You don't know what you could come across. Like, look at our situation right now. Mm. We have no idea. This is why we embrace uncertainty to the extent that we do because we have no idea what we could meet with and who we could meet and how we could interact with with whatever future eventuality. You know, if we know everything and we keep ourselves in the complacency, we we completely stifle the potential in that way. We deny ourselves what we could be. We deny ourselves of that synchronicity. We deny a lot, you know. So why should we continue to deny ourselves to such an extent that we completely lock ourselves away from everybody? What could we do? You know, it's a bit like what actually if we allowed ourselves, instead of denying ourselves, if we allowed ourselves to actually embrace who we were and what we have to offer, who knows what impact, you know, we could really ultimately have and how how satisfying it could be for us, but how much we could actually serve as well. Absolutely. And so a lot of that was sort of wrapped up in my sentiments going with, forward with Instagram. It's not to say that I've got something beautiful and, and I've, I've got, you know, the answers to anything or I'm going to help people. It's not to, I don't have those kind of lofty designs at this point. I know that that's just, at, at this point, that's, that's in the future still. But at least I can start doing something you that's satisfying. You have to start somewhere. That's right. You know? and like you, it's just showing up. It's just showing up. It's just like showing up anyway. It's like just on social media. It just seems like it's bigger because it's something you care about now. I think all of this just yeah. seems scary and now because we actually care about the fuck, well, what we fucking do. And I, I give a shit about it and I think it's really important and I think it's really valid and I think I, there's value in it. I know there's value in it because I'm still here and I know that like where I've, where I've gone, what I've, what I've met with and how I've overcome it, I'm not the only person who's gone through something like that. And I know that what I've got and my experience and my growth and what I've chosen and how I've chosen to go through this is really fucking valuable because there are people that are like literally saying you need to be doing this work. Like this is the stuff that this is what you're meant to be doing. And so also in my human design chart, I went like a couple of days ago, I was looking at particular aspects and I was rereading what I already kind of looked up and, and it wasn't even that long ago. And it literally told me you are meant to be doing like everything that I'm doing now is uh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. It's literally my purpose, exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And it is incredibly intimidating and it's incredibly, um, it's, it's scary, but it's one, it's necessary Two, it, it fuels me. It, It lights me up and I love it. And I love doing it. I don't just love, you know, helping other people do. I love actually doing this work because it makes me stronger and it make and it, I, I feel more aligned. I feel like I'm more in my body and then I am more connected and that I'm able to do more. I'm actually able to do more and I've, I trust myself a little bit more with things and, and it's, it's just like, I know that it's, it, it, it is, it just is. Like it was permission slip or pretty much, uh, what would you call it? Um, like a letter from the universe saying, mm, yep, 
this is your blueprint. This is how you're made. There's no, there's no accident why you like all this stuff and why you are wanting to collaborate all of them and why you want to connect and combine them and actually offer them because this is what's helped you. It has, it can help others. Won't help the whole universe. Of course not. And it'll help us another group of people that align with this. And I might help people along the way. Why not? Like I have to, you know, it's, it's not like I don't have any choice. Of course I can, I still have choice. We all have choices. I can choose to do it. I can choose not to do it. I can totally get caught up in the fear of it, but there's value in what I do. I actually care about it, which makes it even more scary because I don't, I don't want to be judged because I know I believe in it so much. And I I would probably try to convince the judgments and the judgmenters (laughs) of judges, judges. Like I, I, you know, I would, you know, I would probably try to convince them. And I'd, I'd love to just, you know what I mean? It's like there's a different energy about it this time. Whereas like, you know, I'm, I'm more confident because I've lived it and I, I continue to use what I what I do and it's all coming into alignment and it's valuable and it's what I'm meant to do. We can't get caught up too much in the judgment either though because, you know, it, it's, it's at some point you can't convince everyone and you can't, you can't placate everyone either. So it's like, don't turn towards the people that aren't going to listen yeah, to you like anyway. Why, find who resites with you. Find who re- yeah, focus on that. Right. Focus on the good. Don't focus on the I'm judge. saying to you, right? You're saying no, I know, you want to convince the judges. Why? No, no. I'm just, no, like if they come, you know, no, I'm not saying I will. I'm saying I would want to because right. I believe in it, okay. because I find value in the work. Not I'm not going to go out of my way and do it. No, it doesn't work that way because um, in previous experience over the last few months, um, I know that that's, near impossible to convince anyone of what I believe in of just unless they're open to unless they're open to it which they haven't been so it's if you're not open to it then I won't even bother um and it's just yeah not saying that yeah I don't think that's the right to even convince I'm not saying that I'm just saying I find so much value that I would or will try until you know if if that was what I was meant to do you know (laughs) but no I I want to focus on those that actually are in need of whatever it is that I've got and what I what I can do because I know I've I'm at the beginning I know that I know I'm I can do a lot more than what I'm doing right now and I won't know that and unless I keep going and unless I keep doing this work unless I keep focusing on those that I can help on those that I that I can that are for me my promised people well we all have promised people who we can we can help whether that be in a family whether that be in our work whether that be on the street and it doesn't matter we all have people that we have a people that we need to like i don't know help we're aligned with to help and we'll see uh what happens um with our social media presence mm. i'm not sure i still have to obviously get into a routine and a groove with how i post and when i post i'm not going to be one of those that just floods and inundates the feed i can't stand that but you go with your intuition your intuition will tell you yeah yeah and that's like when, when you when you, you you'll know when you know yeah. And it, you're going to make mistakes. I might post today. We'll part. see how we go. Yeah. You have to start somewhere, don't you? I do. I certainly do have to start somewhere. And we also have to end somewhere. Oh, that was nice. So, my Instagram handle is logan.d.gray, all under case. Uh, it will be in the description. And the email address for the podcast is itppc at protonmail.com. Uh, my Instagram is yourjo.gray and my website is yourjo.gray.com. I love you. I love you. Have a blessed day. And same to you listening.